six-pack lapidat and it is the return of lane norton lane you've been busy my man i've seen you on the all prodigal son <laughs> the prodigal son returns man it's been it's been a minute we've done it a few times yes. but it's been a minute it has been it has been yeah, no, I always enjoy coming on, man. I, I, as you know, I, I love this sport. I love talking about powerlifting, and uh, you know, been been training for twenty five years, and I still get butterflies before every leg session. You know, it's um, I mean, like you're on so many different podcasts, and for most people, it's like, oh shit, they're on so many different podcasts. What are we going to talk about that's different? But I feel like the only time you could really talk about powerlifting, powerlifting, is when you come on King of the Lifts. Yeah, everybody. Everybody wants to know about like, you know, meat and vegetables and and toxins and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, can't we just talk about like lifting and stuff? <laughs> yeah, I was half. I was halfway through my poo sandwich before I got to the third slide and realized I wasn't supposed to be eating it for real. <laughs> that poo me. I was like, oh shit. Uh, I got to be honest. That post, I had the idea at like 10 a.m. and I had post finished by noon. I'm like. Yeah, this is this is this is this is boss move on my part. This is uh, this is the banger. Uh, I think the 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 best post I've ever done. Now the metrics won't won't agree with that, but I think uh, just in terms of uh, it's going to sound cocky, but I was impressed with my own lot my own logic and uh, uh, just execution on that one. I was very happy. <laughs> you you straight up sold the fact that well, if you eat poo it's like good for a right diet yeah, yeah yeah and it's true. I was like, well this, this started because i i like i see all these influencers go out and like pick out like individual nutrients and foods and like use it to convince you that like oatmeal is bad because of phytates and um you know uh like um vegetables are bad because plants have toxins in them and all this kind of stuff or they make it out to like there's some superfood because it has this like thing in it that's amazing, right? Mm. And I told, I, I said to somebody, I'm like, you know what? I bet I must have said this a, a couple of years ago, like to another scientist. I said, I, I guarantee you, I could convince people to eat shit if I if I sold it well enough. Like I, I promise you, I could find a compound in shit that I could make a story to convince you that like poop is an amazing superfood. And then, so today, like, I literally, like, I had very, like, I know, like, you know, feces is mostly, like, human intestine, it's mostly intestinal cells and um, bacteria and then fiber and all that kind of stuff. But then I go through and I'm like, oh, look at that, butyrates, uh, one of the highest short-chain fatty acids in uh, human feces. And then wouldn't you know it, um, I know that butyrate actually has some data to suggest that it improves insulin sensitivity and and may help with weight loss and whatnot uh, in in lab animals, and so it was like it's so easy to construct that story. So yeah, I was like I was feeling myself a little bit on that one. I'm like you know it was, it was, it's cheap, right? It's readily yeah, available. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that was that was a fun one. That was a fun one. So since we last talked, I I don't think we talked since you won the IPF World Championships. Nope. Then you won PA. American championships found yourself in the battle with Mike mm -hmm. and then you guys decided you guys had a conversation and we're like look are you doing worlds now I think I'm gonna do North Americans well why don't we just face off in North Americans and then North Americans blew up you had like Ray Williams Mike T mm -hmm. um you know all all the legends decided North Americans <laughs> was it 
So then getting you the guys back together, getting the band back to all the old guys <laughs> getting back together. Yeah. And then you guys did it all over again. And it's, um, I was listening to you on uh, Bradley Martin's podcast and mm-hmm. you were talking about like your full on comeback in life, comeback in powerlifting, the parallels come back um, even career wise. I mean, that first off is an amazing podcast. You don't just talk about nutrition on that one as well. You, uh, you do, but you dive into your story, which is a phenomenal yeah. comeback story. And that's why, uh, you know, it's so often sports like parallel, you know, real life and why we're so attracted to come back in sports. Because when you watch somebody come back in sports, it, it's riveting to watch, but we parallel to real life. Like we can come back. And your story really is that, you know, you've, you've gone through a lot. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, there's times where I asked myself, like, why am I still doing, I mean, I knew why I was still doing it because I was very passionate, but man, you want to talk about a lot of setbacks, a lot of frustration, quite frankly, a lot of tears, you know, uh, cause I, I mean, I love to train. Like you ask anybody who's been in the gym where I train at, like it's, it's not an act. You know what I mean? I, I love to train. It's even, even if you told me you could never gain one more pound of strength, you could never gain one more gram of lean mass. I would still train because I love to train. And so, you know, for those who aren't familiar, um, just to give a real quick and dirty kind of background, um, you know, I, I, I had some success in powerlifting and like some of the smaller organizations and then um, started lifting with USAPL in 2013. And that, that's back when I was kind of doing powerlifting just as something to do in the off season from bodybuilding. And then I remember um, the thing that kind of changed everything for me was uh, after I won Southeast regionals for USAPL, ironically, by the way, that was a meet like, so this 2013 raw was just starting to like be a yeah. thing, you know, and that meet had uh, myself and Mike to share at it. Um, oh. You know, Mike, Mike won the overall, obviously. Uh, but, um, you know, and then I, I won uh, my weight class. And I, I didn't really think much of it. I mean, I, I put up a pretty good total. Didn't really think much of it. And um, Matt Gary emailed me like a week later and was like, hey, just so you know, your total would have won Raw Nats last year. Depend or that so let me back up. So this is when they still had the 100 kilo weight class, but they were switching over to 93 or or 105, right? So Matt actually sent me the information in the 105. I'm sorry, he he didn't say I would have won. I would have gotten second place. He's like, you would have gotten second, and you would have been seventh in the world with your total right now. And I was like, huh, that's weird. Um, he was like, are you going to do Matt nationals? Gary? Did yeah. you know who Matt Gary was? I knew of Matt Gary because uh, Ben Escrow was co- Ben Escrow and Mike Zornos were had both coached me. So I just, I, I actually, I think that meet that I did, at, it was at FAU. So Mike actually helped promote it with Robert Keller, and I think Mike was coaching me at the time, if I recall mm-hmm. correct. No, no, that's wrong. Ben was coaching me at the time, but Mike had coached me previous to that. Mike, for those who are familiar, Dr. Mike Zordos is a professor at FAU and has done some phenomenal research on uh, powerlifting and uh, periodization training. And Ben was a close friend with Mike and a close friend of mine. And obviously now anybody who's in IPF like knows who Ben Escrow is, if you know anything about like some of the top coaches. Ben will never toot his own horn, but if you want somebody on that wall on game day, 
Ben Escrow is on the Mount Rushmore of game day coaches. Um, and so, you know, I kind of emailed Ben. I was like, Hey, nationals are in Colorado. Why don't we do nationals? He's like, okay, sure. Yeah. So, and he really, he at that time really didn't have a great understanding of like what we were getting into. I think the year before that raw nationals was like a hundred people or something like that. And I remember going to, to raw nationals in Denver and it was like, this time it was like 500 people and everybody was really buzzing about it. They're like, man, there's going to be two platforms. It's crazy. You know, now you, you know, before COVID, I think, you know, raw nationals was getting like 1100 lifters or something dumb, you know, even with pretty decent qualifying totals. Um, so went to this thing and, you know, Ellis McLean was the former was, was the previous year champion had finished, I think third at worlds the year before. And yeah, that's right. Because uh, Christoph had won and Bujani had gotten second and Ellis got third. And, um, you know, as I was training for that, I was like looking at Ellis's totals. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can hang. I think I can, you know, do this. But I was kind of like nobody going into this thing, you know, in terms of powerlifting. Like people, like people knew me like, oh, this, this guy's a bodybuilder who's trying to do powerlifting. And um, actually it was funny because I came out and hit my first squat at nationals and uh, Gino was the announcer. And you could hear Gino on the mic go, who is this guy? You know, because I was like the last squatter in the, in the, in the flight. And he's like, he's got a PhD. You know, and um, so for the last squat, it was, I, you know, I can't hear it because I got my headphones in. But Gino, uh, from that day forward, always referred to me as the bio lane. Because as I as I was like coming out, he's like, you're not in the fast lane. You're in the bio lane. Oh, uh, God. And ever since then, he referred to me as bio lane. So I won. I ended up winning that nationals. I won next year's nationals. I won. The Arnold in 2015, I won, or sorry, I finished second at Worlds and set a world squat record at the time, uh, which was 303 kilos, obviously in the 93 kilo class that's been broken a bunch of times since then, uh, but got a silver medal overall. And, uh, you know, felt like, okay, I'm on the cusp here. Like maybe I could win a world championship, especially when like Christoph moved up to 105, you know, it was right. like, all right, maybe I got a shot here. And um, in January of 2015, that's where a lot of issues really started. So I'd always, I'd had a couple of like back, you know, um, like back issues. Like I getting ready for worlds in 2015, I had to stop squatting for like stop squatting and deadlifting for about four weeks and um, couldn't really start squatting and deadlifting until like six weeks out from worlds, which was kind of daunting. Um, but in January 2015, I, or sorry, January 2016. So this is getting ready for Worlds in the USA. It was in Colleen, Texas. So I was really excited. My whole family was going to come. And uh, I was on vacation in the Florida Keys. And I was going to some hole in the wall gym there. And, you know, and, you know, this is before Lane Norton knew about like the concept of, hey, maybe auto regulate a little bit, you know, it was uh, that number's on the sheet and we're going to hit that, that number, you know. Um, oh, and I, uh, I, I think I, like I never got formally diagnosed, but looking back, I'm pretty sure I tore a muscle in my hip because it was a very acute, like I felt like a, like a burning sensation in my left hip. And then, um, you know, of course tried to plow through it over the next few weeks and made it work, made it worse. Um, went to a orthopedic. They were like, it's bursitis. 
we'll give you a cortisone injection. Cortisone injection didn't do anything. Um, kept trying to work through it because I was originally trying to do the Arnold as well. I wish I could go back and like slap myself and be like, worlds, worlds. <laughs> yeah. um, gave me another cortisone injection. That didn't do anything. And, um, you know, ended up having to pull out of worlds because it was just, I mean, I got to the point where squatting like 60 kilos was like a 10 out of 10 pain in my left hip. So, um, you know, started coming back from that over the course of 2016 by like fall of 2016, I was actually starting to hit some decent numbers again. And then, um, I was going through my, my first divorce and, um, was stressed out, wasn't sleeping well, looking back, this is all stuff that kind of sets you up for an acute injury and like, you know, bad recovery. So I was, I, I had done a squat session and a deadlift session. It didn't, I felt, I felt fine after the deadlift session. And the next day I kind of felt a little bit tight. And then I was, uh, I was moving to an apartment and um, I was kind of like unloading and loading stuff all day and like getting groceries. And man, by the time I got done that day, I couldn't even move. Um, and my back was just like completely locked up and stayed that way for days. Like I was actually, I remember watching, I think it was Ron nationals that year. Yeah, it was nationals in October. And um, just seeing like, basically like in my recliner like this, you know, cause I couldn't move. And, um, you know, so kind of started coming back from that back injury. Um, and, you know, got back to the point where I was able to uh, compete again in 2017, but then I partially tore my left pec before 2017 nationals. Um, and so I hit, I hit a decent squat, hit a PR deadlift, but I had to put in basically a token bench. Um, still finished seventh. I, I, when I found out I finished seventh, I was like, oh, that was actually pretty good for a token bench, you know? Um, huh. And by token, I mean like 315, you know, or 314 or 319 or something like that. Um, basically like less lower than a normal opener would have been for me. So then started to come. So I started to kind of come back from that and um then had did I have another one? Oh yeah, yeah. So in 2017, December 2017, um, this again, a lot of life stress going on. I'd been kicked out of a company that I helped start. Um, was very financially strapped at the time, like uh, because I was still going through the divorce. Um, I owed more money to attorneys than I could write a check for. Like I could I could do a whole podcast on that whole like shit show of my life at that time. And um you know, I went in for a session and um, was doing squats and like felt a, felt a pop in my back uh, at the bottom of the squat. Uh, walked out of the gym, got home uh, over the next few days. It got worse and worse. And I think a lot of it was like my daughter was really little at the time. And I, I had her over those few days and I was like having to pick her up and move her around. And I mean, like my back was so inflamed like the, the area where the disc was um, that there was actually like a bump on my lower back. It was so inflamed. So I actually had like, I, I couldn't move. Like I, I had to, um, I had to ask my ex to pick up the kids and take them. Um, Cause I couldn't move. And um, I went and got a cortisone injection just so I could like basically move. And um then that started a very, very slow rehab process. I don't think I touched, I don't think I got under a barbell for like six months after that. 
Um, in terms of like, I remember first off 2016 when you were looking, eyeing that world championships, me and your paths would have crossed right off the bat. My first worlds of commentating. And mm. remember you, I remember you coming from bodybuilding. I remember at the time, you know, we have a lot of new fans since then, but how big your social media presence was. And we didn't have a lot of that yet. This is before Russell Orhees. And this is like, that was before King of Lifts just started 2016. Just letting people yeah. know how important it was you coming and ushering that social media. And then for you from 2016, never fully getting on track. You know, we're, it, it's kind of weird. Today is literally the darkest day of the year. And you can look at it two ways. It's the darkest day of the year, but you also, which is tough. Okay. But you also know tomorrow and every day after that only gets brighter every single day. Yeah. Bit. And for a comeback story, my friend, hearing your comeback story, like everything you've gone through from professional to personal to, and then sporting, which would have been your outlet. And you didn't know if you would ever fully come back. No, I mean, like that back thing, uh, it took probably about a full calendar year before I was like actually squatting or deadlifting anything that like meant anything, you know, that was so hard. I mean, I was doing rehab stuff every day, you know, but it was like to stay engaged, you know, but I, I you know, I still stayed consistent with my nutrition. I still did all the rehab stuff. You know, and um, ended up coming back to nationals in 2019 as a 105. I decided to go up weight class, just thought maybe I'd be a little more durable at a higher weight class. Um, you know, did okay. Um, I think I finished like 11th or something like that, which I was happy with, consider all things considered. Um, and then decided, okay, I'm going to drop out down to 93 uh, for a couple of reasons. One, because I felt like you know, I did feel like I could be competitive at that weight class. And uh, quite frankly, I work in the fitness industry. If you're leaner, it's better. You know, like as sad as 100%. that is, like if I've got, if I got abs, I can sell more stuff as sad as it is. Um, and so I uh, came back down and it was like 2020 actually. Yeah. Like halfway through 2020, I was, I was hitting some pretty decent weights in training. I was like, okay, here we go. And then my right hip started acting up and actually at the same time, my lower back started acting up, not the same. It wasn't the same pain I had, I had dealt with before. It was very strange. It was, you know, all my previous back injuries, it was like um, the aggravation would be at the bottom of the lift. Um, this was like no pain um, until the top of the lift, but only if I squatted below parallel, if I squatted above parallel, when I came to the top, I didn't have pain. It was the weirdest thing. Mm. Um, and I still deal with it off and on to this day, actually. Um, but the hip thing and that back thing, that was like um, probably almost two years, uh, especially the hip thing. And what really made the difference was one, I hired Zach Robinson, uh, who's been my coach since in terms of programming, been still my game day coach, but Zach does quite frankly, just an absolute phenomenal job. Um of programming and i mean he really had to work around a lot he had a lot well, of stuff actually, they were on the podcast you That's heard the podcast and we're like and you were like i'm gonna freaking reach out what was well, it that you heard yeah so i heard zach and josh were both on the podcast and i just really liked the stuff that they had to say it made very logical sense it was very data driven you know 
Um, and now like they actually Zach just published a meta analysis that very much supported what they were saying about like lower RPEs for volume. Um, mm. And, um, you know, I, and, I, and they were students of Mike Zordos. And I know Mike, uh-huh. Mike knows more about like the science behind getting strong than probably any human being on earth. And so I was like, all right, if they're in his lab, like I, I just remember when I was the sharpest as a coach, it was when I was competing in bodybuilding I was doing my PhD and I was coaching people. Like I was, that was when I was my sharpest and that's where Zach was and, and Josh. And so I'm like, all right, this is, this is, this seems to be a good fit. And we had a zoom call and I, I really liked them. I liked what they had to say. So anyways, we had to work through this hip thing. And, and I, I basically like started doing uh, exposure therapy on it, which was, um, you know, I couldn't squat. To, I couldn't do a full squat at normal speed with heavy weight. I just couldn't, like it was too painful uh, on my right hip. So what I started doing was I said, okay, well, what can I do that's analogous to a squat that will help me get stronger and desensitize myself to this pain? So I actually started with like really high pin squats with tempo and pause at the bottom, right? So we're talking like six inches above parallel. And every week I would add a little bit of weight or I'd take the, the pins down a little bit and I got to tell you, within 16 weeks, I was squatting not like super heavy, but I was squatting below parallel with, with almost no pain. Um, and so that methodology really worked for me very well. And then Zach is just a master at like, you know, now we kind of know, like we know, like, okay, once we get up to this level of volume, we're going to have to be ready because something may get aggravated and we will have to back off a little bit. You know, I did the same thing. I partially tore my adductor. Uh, well, I don't know that for sure I didn't get an MRI, but I felt it pop in January, uh, actually the week after we got together when I was in Kelowna. Um, oh, wow. I was I was deadlifting uh, uh, 300 kilos and on my second rep, felt it pop and, uh, you know, burning sensation, got tight, you know, all the, all the indications of a strain. Um, and I did the same thing with exposure therapy, did de- high deadlifts to pins, you know, all that kind of stuff with lightweights. Within eight weeks, I was back deadlifting pretty much normal. And within 16 weeks, I had absolutely no pain from it. Um, and so like, you know, that, that, that exposure therapy just really worked for me. Um, I wish I'd known about that, you know, how to implement that back in the day. So it's, it's, well, first off, for you to come back after so long, you just refuse to accept I'm out. Like it's over. It's done. How Man, many people I got have? I got to tell you. Like when I was dealing with that hip thing that started in 2020, I'm like, oh, like here we go again, you know? Yeah. And um, and then, you know, you know, it got well enough that, you know, um, you know, the so the split between the IPF and USAPL had happened. So I decided I was gonna go with Powerlifting America. Not, you know, I have a lot of respect for USAPL. Um, I have n- absolutely no issues with USAPL, and in many ways I respect, you know, the decision they made. But for me, it was just, I want to path back to IPF worlds and the 93 kilo class uh, fits my frame better than 90 or hundred, you know, 90 is, is a, is a big ask for me. Um, and a hundred is just, you know, I don't get that much stronger going above 95 or 96 kilos. So, um, you know, powerful. And you actually, you were the one who was like, bro, masters, Nats, Canada, let me put this in your ear, you know, 
you could be really competitive at that or ma- remember, uh, masters uh, worlds in Canada. I remember um, I had a podcast and there was like me, Mike T and a couple other people talking about it. And I remember you messaged me after the podcast and you were like, you made some good arguments in that podcast to go IPF. And then that's what I started following up with. Oh, I think we got lane. And I was like, I'm just saying, Master Worlds, this side of the hemisphere, you should think about it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So, you know, did Raw Nats, uh, first Raw Nats uh, back in 2022, won that relatively handedly. Like I, I knew going in kind of that I was, I was probably not going to get pushed that much. And we were super, we were, we were really conservative. Um, but when the nominations came in for Worlds, I see that I'm nominated, I think, 40 kilos under Gabriel uh, Garcia. Garcia, that's right. And he had won Worlds, Masters Worlds, uh, three years running, I think. And um, so I, but I'm looking at his total, I'm like, okay, I don't think that's outside the realm of possibility for me. And once I, you know, finish Nats, you know, I told Zach, I'm like, all right, we we can't like pussyfoot around anymore. We kind of got to drop the hammer, you know? And he was like, okay, just understand that like this probably is going to act up at some point. I'm like, okay. Um, and sure enough, about 12 weeks out from Worlds, um, I started the, the, that back pain I had dealt with kind of came back, the one that was at the top of the lift, and I started getting it on deadlift too. So I had to spend about 12 weeks out. I spent about two weeks treating it pretty aggressively, like backing way off. And then another two weeks, kind of like another four weeks kind of ramping back up. So my last six weeks, again, it's like before Worlds, you know, I get six good weeks of training, apparently. You know, that's what my body, what my body tolerates. And, um, you know, but but the training the last six weeks went really well. I hit some numbers where I, I knew I felt good about my chances, um, but I knew it was going to be probably pretty close, you know, but I felt like I had a few advantages. One was, you know, we were looking at Gabe's numbers and he usually goes an average of like six for nine. I felt like that was an advantage for me. Um, I'm a pretty consistent lifter. I don't usually miss a lot of lifts um, unless it's like a technicality or, or, or whatnot. Um, And uh, I knew I was going to deadlift last. I knew I would have, you know, I knew I was going to be able to load up whatever it was going to take to win. Um, and that always gives you like a little bit of peace of mind. And, um, but, um, I had some, some very personal issues that really, really came to a head, like literally the week of the meet. Um, basically like that was the start of my second divorce and, you know, I can't really get too much into it, but, um, there was a lot of chaos going on, like back home, like right while I was in Canada that like I was on the phone with, um, business partners and friends and just trying to like, you know, manage, manage the situation. And, um, you know, I'm lucky that I had been there and my, my, my best friend, Mike, who also came from Tampa and, um, you know, it was, it was very funny because obviously like it was a very stressful time and I was very sad, um, about what was going down personally, but, um, you know, I just had this weird feeling. I'm like, this is how it happens for me. I'm like, this is how it happens. Like, it's never, it's, I'm like, this is just, I don't know. I'm like, this is going to sound bad, but I don't know. This story is just set up way too good for me. I'm like, this is way too good. And, um, 
to help you set the table, you talk to me in the DMs and you're like, I'm not going to go public with any of this because you were in the shit and it was happening. And, yeah. and we were talking and I wanted to know how it was going. I, I, I never told you till afterwards, but Gabe, one of my mentors, I started powerlifting in 2008. One of my mentors won the world championships when Gabe was in there in the masters. And then Gabe, he was defending the world title in Canada. This is too much parallels in Canada, 2018. And Gabe came up saying you won the world, but you didn't beat me to do it. And I'm like, my man who was like my mentor is going to defend the world title, 93 kilo world title in Canada. And he's going to put Gabe in his place. And Gabe came to fucking Canada and beat my friend, my mentor, the guy I looked up mm -hmm. to. And when he was done the last deadlift, he put his foot on the bar and pointed to Mexico on his <laughs> chest in Canada, right? He beat our world champion. I'm like, God damn. So this is the <laughs> lasting impression. I, and dude, I was commentating. I'm commentating this lane. So I'm oh, like, man. Oh, bitch, that's tough. That's a tough one. I'm Canadian and he's my friend and we're in Canada. It was a tough one. When you told me all that was going down with you and you're in Canada and it's fucking Gabe again, I was like, and he might be a sweet man, nothing against him personally, but sporting, I'm like, oh my God, man, this is a movie. It's more than a movie than you think. Yeah. So, you know, I remember like, when Ben got there and I picked him up from the airport, I'm like, all right, just to get this out of the way right now, here's what's happened in my life. And Ben goes, man, you just, you just, he's like, he's like, I'm not really that worried because you just seem to require a, a shitload of pressure in order to do well. I'm like, yeah, I don't know what it is, you know? Um, and, and Ben, for anybody who's ever met Ben, he is about as calm and reserved as possible, which is exactly what I need because I'm the exact opposite. I am like high energy, you know, you, you don't get much more talkative or energetic than I am. And then um, I was grateful my best friend Mike came up as well. And he got there and he's like, you know, I'm just, he's like, dude, you have put so much effort into this. And I'm just, he's like, I just don't want to see it like, you know, go down the toilet because your mind is elsewhere. And I just said, <laughs> I've never told anybody this. I looked at Mike and I was like, dude, this means I'm going to win. And, um, he was like, really? I'm like, I don't know, dude. I just, I've had these moments in my life where I felt like everything was just stacked up against me and pulled it out. And I don't know. I, I feel very confident right now, which is probably really strange to everybody else, you know? And, um, you know, I, I had a lot of, um, I think I got to Canada on like Monday or Tuesday that week. And the, I wasn't competing until, I want to say it was like, Saturday or Sunday or something like that. I got there like five days in advance and my Ben didn't get there to like three days before. And Mike was around the same time. So I actually had like quite a bit of time by myself. And I just like, you know, obviously wasn't training very, like I had one training session at the super light, um, you know, spent time walking around the town, you know, just like not meditating, but just like, you know, focusing, listening to music that got me in the space and just talking to myself and being like, you know, this is like, I, I do the weird thing where I say we, you know, like I've got split personalities, but I'm like, this is what we do. You know, this is what we do. This is what we show up for. And, uh, you know, people knew it was my first world, you know, back for, you know, six years and, uh, or no, sorry, seven years. Yeah. And, um, you know, I like, this is seven years of work to get back here. And uh, they're like, you know, how, you know, how are you feeling this and that? I'm like, 
you know, no matter what happens, I can tell you, I'm going to be the happiest person on that platform tomorrow. You know, like there's no question in my mind. And I mean, I really like, I, you know, I do my homework when it comes to this stuff. So I looked at Gabe's average. I wouldn't have every advantage I possibly could. I looked at all of Gabe's uh, average weigh-ins and I said, all right, I'm going to target uh, a quarter kilo under that, you know, hedge oh, my bets, wow. not go too, not go too light. And one of the advantages to, you know, having a background in nutrition is I can manage my body weight. Exactly. I will hit within a 10th of a kilo, exactly what I want to be at. Um, and I, you know, shout out to carbon diet coach, my app. That's what I, you know, use for my nutrition to get ready. And we got exactly the way and I wanted. Um, and so I was just a little bit under him and I had lot number advantage in terms of, I, I had, uh, the, the lower lot number. So, um, or sorry, the higher lot number, the higher, higher lot, lot number you yeah. lifted after him. If you get the yeah, same weight, higher lot number for anyone listening, um, which came to bite me in the ass at North Americans, but we'll get there. Um, so, you know, you know, Gabe uh, came up to me like in weigh-ins and was like, oh, you know, you know, big fan, really respect you. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm a big fan too, you know, really looking forward to lifting with you. And, um, you know, like warming up and everything. I just, I don't know. I, I'm like this, this, I don't know, this, this is going to shake out my way. So, um, you know, we kind of looking at the numbers, we're like, all right, I'm probably going to be, you know, down, you know, 10, 15 kilos after squat, probably like another two and a half or five kilos after bench. And we're just going to have to make it up on deadlift, you know? And I felt, I felt good about that because I had pulled, I had pulled three or five kilos in training, um, and I think like the biggest number gave it gave it hit was like 290 or 295, which obviously I can't make up that gap with with that difference. But I pulled the 305 very solidly. And I think he'd only pulled that number one time. And it was at like a, a meet in his home country. So you now it's kind of like, all right, well, we'll, you know, I think it's I'm like, it's going to be close. Right. But whatever, whatever I need to load on that bar, you better watch out. Um and so the other advantage I felt like I had was the the world record deadlift for the for M1 was um 325 kilos. And I felt like I had an outside shot possibly at that. And obviously if you can chip it, you know, you know, chips are always always a benefit. Um but I guess looking back I just needed to tie based on body weight so the chip wouldn't have really mattered. But anyway, so we go out for squats. I hit all three of my, well, I hit my opening squat. He hits his opening squat, hit my second squat, and then he misses his second squat. And I look at Ben, I'm like, ben, and Ben's like, let's go. I'm like, all right. So went out and hit my third squat, um, and he missed his third squat. And so we were only down on squat by like, I think five or seven and a half kilos. And I'm like, oh, seven man. Seven and a half. Yeah. I'm like, here, 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 here we go. You know, like this is, I, I can tell you, I was never the strongest person at the meets where I won my two national titles uh, in the open, but I just, you know, people know I'm going to hit my lifts. And when people know you're going to hit your lifts, sometimes they start like chasing before they have to, you know, mm. they, I'm not saying that this was the case here, but people start making mistakes, you know, when you, I always say, I'm going to go out and hit my lifts. I'm going to put the pressure on everybody else 
to, to not make any mistakes, you know? So then when it came to bench press, we both hit our openers. Then I hit my second, he misses his second. And I'm like, Oh, here we go. Like I'm, I've got this now. And, um, I missed my third on bench press, which Ben was beating himself up over that call, but, um, you know, it's bench. It was, you know, I would have gotten the two and a half under, you know, we lost two and a half kilos on it. It wasn't a huge deal. Um, and then Gabe goes out like a gangster and actually hits this, the, the attempt he missed before that. I don't know how he seven did. and a half more kilos onto from his opening bench to that. Yeah. 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 So, you know, so now I'm down by 15 kilos, which I felt, you know, I'm like, okay, that's, it's going to be close, you know? And, um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I wouldn't have any other way, you know? And, um, so I, it's funny because I, I had my headphones in, but they were off. Uh, but Mike didn't know they were off and Mike had come backstage. It was like talking to Ben. He's Mike's all nervous and stuff. And he's like, dude, he, oh, so he's no. down 15 kilos. Like, what are we doing here? Like, you know, what do you, what do you think? And Ben just looks at him and goes, he's going to win. <laughs> oh shit. See, it's like, that's dangerous lane. Because if, if, if you heard something you were supposed to hear, like, I don't think he's got it today. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I just got, then I just got pissed, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but like I, you know, I was, I was, I had finished my last deadlift, uh, my last warm up deadlift. And I'm like, you know, I'm all, I'm hyped out of my mind at that point, you know, and, um, you know, I, uh, I walk up, I fist bump Gabe, I go, let's give him a show, you know? And I think, I think it might have kind of like been like, what the hell? Like, why is this? He's like, you're losing, sir. He's like, you're behind 15 <laughs> like, kilos. Like, here we go. So we both go out, hit our opener deadlift. Um, he hits his second. I hit my second. And now we're tied. Okay. So I go to Ben and I'm like, all right, we're tied. If he misses his third, I went on body weight. So if he misses his third, we load the world record deadlift because YOLO, right? Um, so he goes out and he misses his third. Um and so I'm like, all right, load up the world record deadlift. And I end up going out and missing it. I think I probably wasn't quite strong enough for it yet. But if I needed it to win, I don't know. Maybe I would have had it, you know. Um, right. It was close. But, it was close enough. You know, so it was a little bit anticlimactic to not hit a third deadlift to win it. But, um, you know, still, it was, a, it was a really awesome experience. And Gabe was, like, very gracious and, like, you know, congratulated me. We had a beer together later. Like, you know, it was a great experience. Um you know, and I was really happy I could share that with Ben and Mike and, um, you know, Ben afterwards was just like, tell me, he's like, man, I'm so proud of you. He's like, he's like, I don't know many people who would have like trudged it out for seven years. And I'm like, man, I gotta be honest with you. There were times where I wondered if I was fucking crazy too, you know, like if it was like, let's just, you know, maybe everybody else is right. And I just need to set this thing down, you know, but I, it's kind of like when I was younger and my, I had really skinny legs and I, I had made this commitment in my mind to myself, I'm going to go hard for 10 years. And if I've still got chicken legs at the end of 10 years of training hard, then I'll allow myself to quit. And I put that in my mind. I'm like, you know what? As long as I still am passionate about powerlifting and have that burning desire to do it, I'm not going to give up on it. I'm going to keep coming. And, you know, if I don't get, if I never get there, then at least I know I tried, you know? And, I remember uh, your post too, when you said 
you gave a thank you to everybody. And I don't, if anyone who followed your journey, it meant something. I remember posting like lanes back, lanes back, you know, everyone's all happy, especially the background story of, I already gave like Gabe, who's a phenomenal lifter, multiple time world champion. And then you said like, for a secondary, like, and I talked to my kids and you broke for a second and almost teared up and maybe even a little bit did right there on the spot. And it was authentic. It was, you didn't see it coming. You just like mentioned your kids and it hit. You're like, fuck oh. you like took a second, like, holy shit, it's yeah. going to happen. Well, it yeah, was it, right hitting you? Um, it, it was, it was a crazy moment, man. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what happened. This is, this is a 100% legitimate. My daughter, who's one of the smartest, uh, well, six-year-olds at the time, just a very sweet kid. You know, she'd seen me train in the garage quite a bit and she'd come in and watch me sometimes. And I was kind of explaining like how, you know, dad got really close to being a world champion, but, you know, then, you know, had all this stuff go down and, um, you know, this was when I was still dealing with the hip injury and stuff. And she just looked at me very honestly and was like, are you going to try to be a champion again? And I'm like, when you know your kids watching you like that, you know, that, that stuck the chest out a little bit. I'm like, well, I fucking am now, you know? Um, <laughs> um, and um, before nationals, so the kids actually got to come to nationals um, in Orlando, which was awesome. Uh, in fact, Livia, when I hit my last deadlift, she like rushed the platform. You know, you're not supposed to do that. Everybody's right. like, like everybody's like, oh, just let her go, you know? Yeah. And then I, um, uh, Robert Keller was nice enough to let me go out. And actually Ray Padilla, Padilla, who was the second place finisher, his son was there. So we both took our kids out to the platform to get our medals. And the meet was actually on Father's Day, was Nationals. Oh, damn. Yeah, but two days before that, we were talking and she's like, so if you win this, you'll be a world champion? And I'm like, well, no, honey, I, you know, I've got to win this. And then that would qualify me to go to Worlds and then I have to win that if I want to be a world champion. And she goes, I'm scared for you. What if you don't win? And I'm like, well, honey, what's important? Like, I want to win, but what's important is when things got hard, I didn't give up. You know, that's what's important. And, um, you know, then after I, <laughs> after I won Worlds, Legit, I swear to you, Ryan, for the next six months, anytime we'd go out to a restaurant, before the waiter could even get a word out of their mouth, like she's like, My daddy's a world champion. <laughs> she's like the next day when I took her to um when I took her to school the next day, she's like, Will you can you wear your world championship medal to take me to school? You know, so I, I actually like all those medals from worlds are in her room, you know, uh, hanging out. Break me. Talk about it impacting her. You know, seeing like your story about everything you've been through leading into that. And she watched you training to come back and seeing the stream. Like she ain't going to forget any of this. This so, is impactful. Yeah. And Mike was at nationals too. And he hit Mike and his, his girlfriend were like, dude, like watching her, they're like, she's going to remember that the rest of her life, you know? Um, and then, you know, uh, I'm going to get emotional again, but um my mom called me, they were watching the meet, you know, cause they were watching my kids at the time. Cause I, when I was at worlds, I actually had, that was my week to have the kids. And mom's like, son, how did you do that with all that shit you had going on? Like, how were you able to compartmentalize that? Mm. And I'm like, well, you know, it just, I don't know. Like it's, it's kind of like you know, when you do hard shit, you know, you can do more hard shit. You know, it's kind of like progressive overload for life, right? 
Like mm. nobody walks in the gym able to squat 500 pounds. But, you know, and I always tell people like, hey, you know, my best squat was 668. But even when I was squatting like that much, 500 pounds still felt heavy. I just handle it better. I think life's kind of the same way, you know, you do like nobody wakes up being able to go through like really like difficult, difficult stuff. You don't, you have to learn that. And hopefully you get exposed to things that are like hard, but not like debilitating when you're young get through those. And then you can handle more hard stuff, you know? Um, and not that I've had like the hardest run by any stretch of imagination. I'm, you know, you've had stories on your podcast of people who have been through horrific shit who have, you know, been successful. Um, but this, you know, it was tough, man. Your situation was tough, man. You, you're like the timing of it was crazy. And how many times you could have easily just walked away from powerlifting, like your comeback. I, I remember people from people in, in the comments saying you're hurt again. And me like, why don't you give up? It's your training. And they were enjoying, you know, oh, yeah. and they wanted to kick you when you're down and personal life shit when you're going through like the toughest, the toughest and they're on you and, and, and attacking you. And always you were like, I remember sometimes being like, dog, do you want me in on these comments or whatever? And you were like, <laughs> it feeds me. You're like, leave them, leave them. It feeds uh, me. And they won't say it. nothing. You all, you were always like, they won't say nothing when I come back. They won't say, I will get the last laugh. And it's like, it, for years though, Lane, like it's, it's a, uh, you're right. Like, sure. There's other people with really tough stories, but I've seen some behind the scenes though. And, and, and it's not just once it, it, life doesn't stop. You win one battle, you come back and it's it. You've had the series of comebacks. Yeah. You know, that's. I think, I think what helps me is like, I've, I've done this enough to where I realized like, I used to think I'd get to this place in life where there'd just be peace and things would fall into place. And I think you start to realize like, there's always some chaos, you know what I mean? Like there's always going to be something that's not fitting right, you know? And I think the sooner that you can let go of that and just trying to, you know, and just kind of take it as it comes, you know? Like I, I'm not always perfect at that by any stretch of the imagination by far. Um, but I don't know, man, I just, that world championship, I just kind of had this feeling, you know? And like I said, I mean, you know, some people might call it cocky or whatever, but I, like, I just, I remember thinking I, I, and it, it kind of just came out. Like I hadn't really like thought about that until Mike was saying that to me. And I'm like, dude, this means I'm going to win. <laughs> I, I don't know. But um, no, I mean, and then like this year, nationals actually was like that was probably the most fun i've ever had at a meet like i don't i was so fired up like so fired up um because like i just had like you know again mike was there ben was there a lot of people i cared about were there um and man i was hyped like i was hyped i don't know if you saw like the 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 kind of the battle was sensational yeah, so it was Mike Michael Garazzo, and he had he had aged into the Masters, and I was looking at the numbers that Mike had hit. And I'm like, oh, this, is, this guy's good, you know, Mike's yeah. good. And um, you know, we um, I figured I'd be a little bit down coming out of squats. Um, actually, missed my first squat for depth. I was kind of shocked to be honest. Like I, I I still think that was a good squat, but you know, like. 
I don't get, you know me, I don't get caught up in that stuff. Like some people get caught up in that. And if I look at it, I just go, you know what? That means that I left it too close. You know, that's what it means. Um, and so when I hit my next two squats and Mike, what Mike hit, I think he was up by five kilos after a squat. And you and went then, up anyways, too, in your second, like you were, you had, yep. you knew you were in for a fight. If you retook your opener and your back, like you were like, we're, you went all in. Well, you know, it's one of those things. I know the, the, the rule, you know, out of the Matt Gary rule book is if you miss your opener, you retake your opener, right? Cause you don't want right. to bomb. But I'm like, I, I know what this is going to come down to the last deadlift. And if I put myself too far behind and I mean, I know I've got the strength. I know I can execute. This was just a miscalculation on the depth. And like I said, I, I didn't agree with the call, but that's how it goes. Sometimes, you know, I came off that squat and Ben was like, what do you want to do? And I said, let's take a, let's take the second, let's take the increase, but we'll go. We always have like a conservative, uh, a planned and then an aggressive, you know, depending on how I'm feeling. I said, let's take the conservative increase. And so that's what we did. Nailed it. Then nailed my third. Ended up hitting just like right around what we had, what, like just under what we had planned on. And, um, but I was down, I want to say five kilos on squat after that. Yeah. You hit 275. So you took a 15 kilo jump for your second. No more conservative after that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, and then, then Mike's bench was a little bit under mine. I think after bench, I was down two and a half kilos. So I felt pretty good because I felt like I would have the bigger deadlift. And um, I think I had body weight advantage as well. And so anyways, um, you know, we both hit our first and second deadlifts and then it comes time for third. Uh, he puts in a number. I put in a number. We play the gamesmanship stuff, you know, he goes out, misses his third. And um, so I end up, I need uh, 315 kilos to win. And man, I don't think I've ever been more fired up for a lift than that one. Like, I don't know what it was. It was just like, I'm like, here we are. Like last deadlift, I get one more battle like this. Like I never thought I'd get this again. You know, like I just, like <laughs> this chances to do this, you know? And um, yeah, so went out and, and crushed it. Had quite a bit in the tank. Actually, Mike, it was funny. He was like, Dude, we watched you do your opener deadlift, and we're like, he doesn't have that much more in the tank. And I'm like, oh no, I'm a slow puller, baby. Like I, it always looks slow with me, you know. He's right. like, and all your attempts got faster, you know. Um, and so that was yeah. that was so fun to win that way on the last deadlift, you know. Um, and then you know, obviously qualified for worlds, but you know, it was um, it was, hey buddy, my son's just coming up the stairs. Um, it was, you know, I was looking at worlds, worlds were in Mongolia. Gabe wasn't going, Mike wasn't going. None of the top guys were going, you know, I, if I went to Mongolia and I don't, I like, listen, I didn't go. So I, I'm not saying that I would have won because you, anything can happen. Right. Mm. But my next closest guy, I had, a I think his best total was like 50 or 60 kilos below mine. So I would have right. had to have a pretty epic blow up to to not yeah. win so i was looking at that and then i'm and then mike's like you know i'm gonna do north america's i'm like oh okay cool that's in you know that's in caymans you know and then he was like yeah gabe's doing it and then then my juices are like okay this is like in my backyard it's an hour and a half flight and the two top guys in my weight class are doing it right i'm a bitch if i don't go i mean 
I'm yeah. like, to me, this is the world championship now. Like if I had not gone there and I went and won worlds, I think I'd have felt pretty damn hollow, you know? And so I decided to do North, North Americans instead. And, um, you know, my training had gone really well for it. And then I got sick the week of the meet and I'm like, Oh, you got to kidding me. You know? <laughs> so like my friend, my friends are sending me stuff. They're sending me like, you know, immune stuff. Um, and I just rested, got myself right. And, uh, you know, meet day. Um, <laughs> it was funny because like, dude, my nose was so stopped up. I could barely breathe. I had a bottle of the, like the four way nasal spray and like in between every attempt, I'm like, you know, just so I can <laughs> breathe through my nose. And um, so went out and man, like I was on that day. And so was Mike. Like that was. Uh, Both we did phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Like and and he so this is the one time in my life a lot number had ever come into play. So Mike had lot number advantage. Um, I think I had. I had body weight advantage, but uh, he had I have weight. it here. That's right. You had body weight and he had lot number. I can't see the lot numbers here, but you did. You definitely had body weight. Yeah. So, um, and like, I saw him that morning still trying to lose weight. He was like, yeah, I got like a kilo to go. I'm like, oh man. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I got this thing. You know, he's going to be white. And, um, you know, we went out, we both went three for three on squats. I hit a, a, a 280 squat, which I was like super pumped about. Right. That's uh, huge, I was, man. I thought it was cool that Travis Ortmeyer was the the spotter too. Cause I'm coming out and like, I like Travis is like a berserker like me whenever he competes, you know, in strongman. And so I'm coming out and Travis is like, like after my first lift, he's like, Hey, can I get after you? I'm like, yeah, get after me, you know? And so <laughs> he's like yelling in my ear and stuff when I'm going out there. So I hit mine. I think Mike hit. Uh, he uh, hit 282.5. So we just right. slightly nudged ahead, which is very strong for him. Yeah. And then um, I was two and a half kilos over on bench press. We both That's went right. three for three there. Now, the, the big difference at this meet was he had Susie Gary handling him. Um, and so comes down to deadlift and we're tied, right? And I'm thinking, okay, I outpulled him by quite a bit at nationals. You know, um, I feel good. I feel good. And uh, he just had the meat of his life, man. He really did. And I mean, he to did, be frank, I had, a great meet. I had a great meet too, you know, like I had a yeah. really great meet. So we both go out, we hit our first and second deadlifts. We're tied going into third, right? And so, you know, he's got lot number advantage. And I'm like, I'm telling Ben, I'm like, all right, do we want to put in a high attempt or whatever? And Ben goes, dude, we're not going to bluff Susie. It's we let's just pick a number, <laughs> you oh, know. Like, it's like, like yeah. yeah, I'm like, yeah, I, I, you're right, you're right. So you know, we picked, uh, we landed on. So these were North American records, so we could chip. What was it? Seven oh six. So that was three three twenty point five was your final three twenty point five. Yeah. So I was super excited because that was a, that'd be the first seven hundred pound deadlift I'd pulled in uh, three no, four years. Um, and only 10 pounds under my best deadlift at this body weight. So, um, you know, Ben told me, Ben's like, he's like, I need you to turn it on for this one because this is going to be close, you know? So I'm like, what do you mean it's going to be close? You know, um, <laughs> he told me, he told me later, he was like, I was, 
about 51%, 49%. I was 51% that you were going to get it. Oh my gosh. But we knew, we knew based on what Mike hit his second at that, like we were going to need it, you know? And when you're, so for those who aren't familiar, lot number, the reason it matters in this scenario is Mike was always going to pull second because yeah. he could, whatever number I put in, he could just put in the same number. If I miss it, he wins. Or sorry, if I miss it, all he has to do is pull a half kilo over whatever our second was. Right. If I hit it, all he has to do is pull a half kilo over what I just did. Right. So they're always going to put in basically the same attempt as me because they can they can change it after the fact. Um, and that's exactly what happened. I went out, hit 706. I was friggin' stoked. And I it was not just being there. Leah, Leah was there too. So Leah's like, you know, Leah's like a berserker when she competes too. Yeah, Leah, I remember the videos of Ben, you storming out for your final pull and you were losing it. And Leah's in the background. She could barely contain herself watching this collision. I can't believe I'm watching this live. And you went out there like a bat out of hell, man. Uh, oh, yeah. Storming out for this. You were not going to be denied that final pull. Oh, no, I, I was going to hit it. So I hit it. Um, And then Mike goes out and hits 707 and wins, you know? And I mean... Like full credit, dude. I don't know if he'd ever gone nine for nine, like at a big meet like that. Like, I don't care having a good handler. I don't care any of that stuff. Like that takes some stones, especially after I just beat him at, Nor at nationals, you know? Um, mm. So then when it came to worlds, you know, I still was like, ah, do I go to Mongolia? Like, do I, you know, get the title a second time, you know, just to have the title. And I was talking to Zach about it. And Zach goes, Zach had said, let me ask you this. If foregoing worlds means you have a better chance at hitting an all-time PR, what's more important to you? And I was like, fuck worlds. Like, you got the world title up. already. I'm like, I'm like, if I could, if I could, after everything I've been through, if I could hit an all-time PR on one lift or even on a, on a total, that would be the most incredible thing I could. I don't even give a damn if I finished 15th, if I hit an all-time PR total. <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, so that's been, that's been the focus and, uh, you know, we've really got a good training recipe going and, um, you know, so the, the plan now is get ready for nationals again. And, you know, we know we're gonna have to meet Mike there. And I know there's another guy who just aged in too, who's got a huge deadlift, who's got like a, you know, a total that's pretty similar to what Mike and I put up at nationals. What's crazy dude is I think I, what did I add? I added 10 and a half kilos from nationals to North Americans, which was eight weeks later, and I lost. That's phenomenal. Yeah, that's crazy. I lost. This, this, this is where you said you were saying too in the DMs. You're like, I'm at peace because I did all I could. I trained so hard, put up a phenomenal nine for nine day, 10, 10 and a half kilos in your total. If that's not good enough, hats off, man. Hats you got off. what can you do? It's like playing yeah. golf. I shot a great round. Somebody just buried me that day, you know? Right. Like I don't, you know, I uh, the Kobe Bryant had a quote and I might, I'm going to paraphrase. I might butcher it a little bit, but he said, you have to just fall in love with the process because no matter what happens, if, if you win, it's great, but you got to go back and do the same thing over again in training the next day. Right. If you mm. lose, it sucks, but you got to go back and just do the same thing over. Right. And so winning if you string together, like if you do the things you need to do, you do the work you need to do 
and you're consistent with it, winning tends to be a byproduct of that, right? But it's not always going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I tend to like, I look at that stuff as, did I come in and execute what I had planned to do? And worlds, nationals, North Americans, I, I that was the best I could have done. I mean, you know, I could I missed the bench press at Worlds, whatever. I I I, I missed my third deadlift, but that was just because I yoloed because I'd already won. You know, I missed an opening squat at Nationals, but you know, went back. I mean, it was funny. Um, I think it was something like Matt Gary says: if you miss your opening squat, it's what like eighty percent you'll miss another squat. Right. And like, um, like uh, and um, Ben actually told me after that meet, he's like, dude, you're just unshakable. He's like, I've never, he's like, I, this might be the proudest I've ever been of you to go out and miss your first squat and not even be the slightest bit rattled. In fact, I think after I missed that squat, uh, when he asked if I wanted to go up and I said, yes, um, I said, I'm like, I'm like, now I'm going to go out and hit every other lift and show him how we do it. Right. <laughs> and All right. so, you know, I think between me and Ben and like with Zach's programming now, I just feel like super confident about how I do things. I mean, Mike's going to be tough. I've seen the weights Mike's been hitting in training. He's been hitting some massive weights in training, but you know, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I still got, uh, I feel like I still got a few uh, PRs left in there. So we'll see. If you can get to 800 kilos, I will die. <laughs> if you guys both get to 800 kilos, that's insane. Well, we, we both were, that's what we were talking about. We're like, you know, Oh my um, God. Yeah. Oh, this, this, I mean, it's I'm I'm super excited to watch it. I, I want to be mindful of your time. I know I got to let you go here. You got a busy schedule. Um, before I let you go, real quick, what were your thoughts on Sheffield and this year's powerlifting? How crazy was that? Um, how happy are you that all this is happening now? You're uh, back into the swing of things, and I love it. But you know, honestly, like, what this is going to sound cheesy, but it's the absolute truth. What I missed most was the community. I've told you this. Like, I love the powerlifting community. Like, I just, I have never had a negative experience with another competitor. I'm sure it's out there. There's dickheads in any, you know, um, in, in any population, right? But for the most part, the powerlifting community is so supportive. Um, and I just love being a part of it, you know? And um I don't know what to say. Like, I'm just so grateful that I, I get to train hard again, you know, like mm. that for me is, is so therapeutic, you know, like I always say when I can lift heavy, everything else seems lighter, you know, life seems a little bit lighter. And, um, you know, maybe one day I'll wake up and I won't be passionate about this shit anymore and I'll, I'll hang it up, but it certainly hasn't come yet, you know, cause I'm, I still to this day, I mean, I've had to take a few weeks off right now, uh, because I had a, a minor surgery I had to have not related to lifting, um, but a little minor surgery where I, I basically can't lift for a couple of weeks and then I'll have to slowly like kind of ramp it back up. Um, but, you know, I'm just like, I'm chomping at the bit right now to get back mm. in the gym. I'm like, I can't wait until I can load up a heavy squat again. You know, like, it's just, I don't know what to say about it. It's it's the my longest running love of my life is, um, you know, insane. my friend, my friend Paul Ravella says, you know, I gripped the barbell one day and little did I know it was the barbell gripping me, you know, <laughs> and, um, 
that's uh that's kind of how it's been for me you know listen i um i want to hopefully i see you again we commentated at pa nats um i don't that? know what me what's that sorry how fun was that that was amazing dude I was so, so happy that IDF, you came. SPD, if you're listening, this is your like, this is your combo right here. I'm telling you. This is it. This is it. Look, I, at, we, I, I hope we work together again in the booth, um, doing media. Let's keep in touch, man, because powerlifting is exploding right now, and there's going to be opportunities all over the place. They have money meets popping up. I, they just brought me into Houston to commentate. There's plenty of going to be a lot of commentating gigs and whatever dude I, i'm glad you're here because you're you're a great ambassador for a sport an elder statesman a world champion you've been through it all open masters the whole nine a hell of a storyteller and great in the booth man you got Thanks, charisma man. on you man so uh <laughs> well it goes both ways man i i you know i've told you many times i think that you know you're an absolute treasure for the powerlifting community i think what you do is fantastic. You know, it's not like you get paid a lot of money to do this stuff. You do it because you love powerlifting. Anybody sat down and talked to you for more than two minutes, you know, it's, this is not an act like you're, you can talk, you could be at a local meet and you'd be getting fired up about watching other people <laughs> compete. And you know, all these top lifters, they're, you know, like it's, it's the powerlifting community needed somebody like you. And I'm grateful you're here. Thank you, my dude. Look at I'm gonna let you go, but let's let's keep in contact and uh, we'll talk in the new year. Absolutely, brother. Have a good one. Okay, my friend. Have a good Thanks one. Thanks for having oh, me. Bye. You bet.